Good morning, everyone. We're so glad that you're here with us. Let's stand and worship this morning.
In the darkness we were waiting Without hope, without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne of endless glory To a cradle in the
We praise you, Lord. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and worthy of all praise. Today, I feel like the Lord is saying to get excited, to get excited about what's to come. We may not be able to see it or feel it or um, anything in the natural right now, but my spirit says something's happening. God's about to move. He's about to do something amazing. I'm also reminded of the scripture that says that the worshipers went before the battle. That's how it was won. They were victorious because they worshiped. We are those worshipers, and that is what we are called to do right now, is to go before the battle and in the middle of the battle, and all we are to do is to give the King of kings and the Lord of lords glory and honor and praise. And we will come out victorious because he has already won. So let's give him glory and honor and just sing how worthy is his name. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is he.
struck continue to worship in your own way. Just be still before him. Be still and know. We bless you. You're worthy, God. 
bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We magnify you. You're so good. You're so good, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Go ahead and be seated. We'll continue in an atmosphere of worship and prayer. Lord Jesus, ah, thank you for your, thank you for the throne that you sit on, a throne of grace. It's made entirely of grace. So Lord, we approach your grace throne to find exactly what is needed in this hour for all of our lives. Lord, I thank you that we have been raised up together, seated in Christ in heavenly places. Where Christ is seated at the right hand, your right hand, the place of authority, the place of favor. And we get to sit in that place with Jesus, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. And even as all things are under his feet, the circumstances of this world are under our feet too as we are seated in Christ. So, Lord, we embrace our identity as sons and daughters. And we thank you, Lord. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I said, my daddy's bigger than your daddy. Well, I can say that for real now. My heavenly father's bigger <laughs> than anything. And so I'm so grateful today. I'm grateful for your presence. Thank you for reminders along the way that you are here and you are near with us. We love you. We embrace you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. Awaken us, Lord. Awaken us. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Isn't he good? All the time. And all the time, right? He's good. Amen. My name's Jimmy Pruitt. I'm the lead pastor here. Bear with me for a moment as I recalibrate. Just so thankful for his presence. When I was driving in today off, we drive in from the comfort area off the 87, and it was stunning. You know, the air was so crisp and clear, and his glory was all around. And you know what? I wasn't thinking about a news feed. I wasn't thinking about what's going on in our world. All I could think about was the glory of God as I came off that hill and just saw the beauty you know, if we could somehow, some way, get our perspective right, where we're seeing the beauty and the grace that hasn't left family, hasn't left the planet. We're just distracted right now by everything that's going on, but there's so much beauty, so much grace for those who have eyes to see. I don't know about you, but I want to have eyes to see, don't you? In fact, one of my prayers, the way I pray to God and when I'm driving, I'll say, Lord, here's my ask today. I said, Lord, open my eyes like Paul as he knelt before Ananias and Ananias laid hands on Paul. The Bible says something like scales fell from his eyes. What that means is he didn't just see Ananias standing there after being blinded on the road to Damascus. He really saw and that was the moment of his commission when authority was conferred upon Paul 
to be a missionary, an apostle to the Gentiles. That was my prayer this morning. Lord, let scales drop from my eyes, but also from the eyes of all of our people. And by the, by the way, I'm not leaving you out online, folks, because I pray for you big time. My prayer today for you online watching was that you would feel and sense the same anointing and the same presence of the Spirit of God and the presence of God himself in your room, whether you're watching on a phone or a computer or your TV or whatever, but that you would sense and feel the same thing that's happening in this place right now. And I believe by faith that's happening for you right now. So thank you for joining us today. And we're thrilled that you're here. In fact, if you're online and watching, welcome. But also, if you have any prayer requests or prayer needs, we want to pray for you. If you'll look on the screen, you can see our, our email address there, info at bridgefbg.com. And you can send that in. That comes to me. And I'll gladly get that to our prayer team. We want to pray for you. Hold your hands up. We know there's a lot of sickness going around, uh, COVID and otherwise. It's just that time of year. And so we want to pray with you, stand with you, and fight the good fight because we believe that the same God who healed is still a God who heals today. The same God who, who did miracles then is a God who still does miracles today. We believe and we want to believe on your behalf and for you. And if you have any prayer needs right here among us, you know, we're not leaving you out either. You can stop by the Connect Center on your way out, pick up a prayer card, fill it out, put it in any of the black boxes around the building that are by the doors. And you can, uh, well, that'll get to our prayer team because we want to pray for you and hold you up. And we know our prayer list gets long, and that's okay. We're inviting that. Don't hold back if you have a prayer need. We want to pray for you, don't we, Miss Charlene? We want to pray. We want to intercede on your behalf. Also, if you're a first-time guest, I want to welcome you to the bridge. And uh, thanks for being here with us today. And you're among friends. You're among family. And I want you to feel that way and enjoy the atmosphere of this place. You're... You're among what I think are some of the coolest people on the planet. I may be a little biased, but I'm just saying I'm so thankful to be able to be a part of this family, not just the pastor, but a member of this family as well. So we have something for you if you're a first-time guest. We've got a little gift bag for you. Wendy, that was your cue. <laughs> so Wendy's holding our little gift bag. This is, for, this is to say thanks for being with us, and we've got that for you. So feel free to stop by. The connects are on the way out. Fill out a connect card, and uh, we'll give you one of those bags. It's got all kinds of goodies in it, and it'll hopefully be a blessing to you. And then also want to remind you that we are always praying for our very important people. So if you have your VIP card, I'm going to grab mine right quick. If you have your VIP card, go ahead and pull that out. And uh, there's 14 blanks, seven on each side, and we're praying for people who need to know Jesus. These are people who are near and dear to our heart and are in our relational circle, our relational orbit. We want to pray for them and hold them up on an ongoing basis. On one side, we're praying for salvation. You may have others who know Christ, but they're in a prodigal place right now. And you want to see them come back to Jesus and come back, to home, come back home. And so we're praying for that. So we're praying for a reconnect. So do pick up one if you don't have one. They're out there on your way out at the Connect Center. And just pick one up and keep that with you. We, every week we pray for those. So while we're praying for our VIPs, we're going to pray for our nation as well. And we're going to pray for our churches that are meeting all around our community and the surrounding regions. So let's pray together. Lord, it is our privilege to pray for these very important people. They're near and dear to us, but we also know well enough that they are more important to you. Every person is a soul for whom Christ died. And so, Lord, 
They are valuable to you. They're valuable to us. So we want to be faithful to hold them up, to call the prodigals home, and to call the lost sheep into the fold to come to know Christ as Savior and Lord. And so we hold them up. We pray for our churches, our sister churches all over our community. All of, them, all of them that are gathering right now and getting ready and starting their services as well. Father, we bless them. We speak life and blessing and growth over them and increase over them. Father, if we filled every sanctuary in this community, we would still have room for a hundred more. So Lord, bless them and fill every house to overflowing with people hungry for you. And so we hold them up and lift them up. And we also, Lord, we pray for our nation. Father, what's on my heart this week is to pray for the political leaders, Lord. While on one hand in our flesh we want to be mad, we want to be angry, we, we want retribution and revenge. That's our flesh. So, Lord, even now in this moment in prayer, we push down our flesh. We step over our old man and realize we are new creatures in Christ, new creations. Father, you've called us to love, to pray for those and bless those who would persecute us. Bless anyone who's our enemy. So we pray. We pray for our political leaders. We pray for safety at the inauguration on the 20th, Lord. Father, forgive us for where we have willed or even secretly wanted harm to come to those that we disagree with. Father, give us grace to not just love like Jesus, but to become like Jesus, truly. And so we pray for safety and no events, no loss of life or otherwise at the inauguration. We pray for our nation. Father, we declare that no matter what the news media says or what a politician says, we are still one nation under God. And Father, make us indivisible under the banner of Christ. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. Thank you for praying with me. Also, our safety team, who we uh, so appreciate. They're amazing. They're always on point for us. They love it when I point out the safety exits. So there's the exits right there, so you can see the doors right there. There's also an exit on the other side of that large door, and there's one behind the sound booth there. So just so you know where things are. And can we bless our safety team and say thanks for what they do? Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys. Really appreciate what they do. Also, this is a privilege for me. I get to announce something fresh for us. So Jason Banks, Pastor Jason, is our student pastor here at the bridge and continues to do an amazing job uh, with our young people and raising up the next generation of world changers, culture shapers, and difference makers. Man, I'm telling you, we, we believe around here 12, not 21. I mean, we want to see young people on fire for Jesus and walking in their destiny not at 21, but now. So Jason's doing a great job at that. But here's what we've also seen and noticed, all of us around here who know him, is that that young man is growing. He's growing into his call, growing into his destiny. And we like to recognize that around here. And so we are making a shift with Jason. He'll continue to be our student pastor, continue to pour his life, in, life into our students and young people. But he's also, we're going to elevate him and have him, he will now be an associate pastor here at the bridge, not just the student pastor. Amen. Yeah. Well deserved. An honor where honors due. And he will also be over connect groups and small groups. So if you have a connect group and you're a small group leader, get ready for a hug because you get two feet 
Like you get six feet within him, there's no social distancing happening. I'm telling you, he's going to, well, he'll socially love you. And so Jason will love you, and he's just got such a relational capacity. I'm excited to see what God's doing in his life. So do, uh, just be a blessing, and bless him when you see him. Just give him a hug. He'll appreciate that. So, and then also, just to let you know, um, we're not meeting uh, this month uh, in our most of our small. Some have elected to meet, but as far as our classes and whatnot, we're waiting, simply letting this COVID spike pass, and it will. This too shall pass. Amen. That's my statement right now, my mantra. So, uh, so we'll be regathering. We're monitoring it just like everybody else, week in and week out. So, appreciate that. And now I want to turn our attention to communion, and. Uh, Getting the privilege of pastoring in a community like Abilene, Texas, which we were there for 10 years in Abilene. And so consequently, because there's Hardin-Simmons University, there was a McMurray University, so you got Southern Baptist, you got McMurray, which was United Methodist, you've got the junior college there, Cisco Junior College, but then you also had Abilene Christian University. And uh, we seem to have a special relationship with Abilene Christian. Although there is no Church of Christ bone in my body, I'm a guitar player, hello. So I, that's never been on my radar screen. But for whatever reason, God gave us great relationships with the staff and the faculty of that school. Just a really tight-knit thing, a beautiful thing that happened while we were there. Consequently, it started off with 20, 30, 40, 50 and more students from ACU began to attend our church Grace Point and Abilene. And it was beautiful because we didn't try to say, you're no longer Churches of Christ. We want to value who you are, your heritage. And we know we kind of have you on loan for a while because they're students and they're going to come and go. And I was just enamored with one time one of the students came to me and said, Pastor Jimmy, why don't, why don't we do uh, communion on a weekly basis? And it was a young person who had been raised Church of Christ. And I said, well, I just... I really don't know. I said, my tradition, we were kind of on a quarterly basis, maybe, but mostly. And so that just hasn't been in, my, in the ballpark for me. And so I went and sat down with another minister at the church, the large church across there in Abilene, Mike Cope. And Mike was so great. He just sort of opened that up for me. We had a great conversation and helped me just, he elevated the value of communion for me by opening it up for me. And from that point forward, we instituted it at our, our little non-denominational church full of young people and students. And we did it every week from then on out. We made a lot of Church of Christ parents happy, I'm just saying, from the Churches of Christ. And we had great relationships with our parents. But, but it became something that then became near and dear to our hearts. So when we moved here and we became a part of Oak Hills, five years ago, this January 31st, it will be five years that I came on board here. And so when we came here, I was so thrilled to know the heritage here and that communion was something that was of high value. And it has remained that way for us as well at the bridge. So today, if you haven't received one yet or if you maybe just didn't see it, if you would, raise your hand if you don't have a, a communion cup. We'll get that to you. And I want you to know something. Everyone is welcome at the table here at the bridge. The way I see it is Jesus wouldn't turn anyone away from the table, not even Judas, after he was revealed. And so all are welcome to, at the table. Maybe it's your first time to receive communion. Go ahead and participate and celebrate with us. Those of you who are watching online, get you some stuff there, whatever you can find there real quick, and do join us and participate with us. 
Now, for those of you who did pick up a cup, I want to help you out with a little housekeeping thing. Just peel back the clear layer about three-quarters of the way. Trust me on that. And that'll keep everything together. And then, secondly, peel back the gold layer gently because that's you're going to expose the juice. So there you go. I, I about got this down to a science. I better be careful what I say there. But So I'll get that in your hand. I'll give you a moment to get that ready. When Jesus was with his disciples on the night before he was betrayed, he picked up a piece of bread. Of course, they didn't know what was coming, but he did. He picked up a piece of bread. It would have been unleavened, matzah bread, basically. He picked it up and he said, this is my body given for you. And the reason he said that is because no one took him. They didn't take his life. He gave it. And that's a really important distinction to know. They didn't take anything from him that he wasn't willing to give. And so Jesus gave his life for you and for me. And he demonstrated it with a piece of bread. And then he took a cup, a common cup, and it was full of wine. And he said, this is my blood. And it's going to be poured out for you. And he said an interesting, for the remission of many sins. That means the removal, the eradication of sins. The bread, his body, the blood the wine given for us, given for you. And so this morning as we pause, I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment with these elements in your hand. And could you just give him your heart all over again? Just say, Lord, I'm yours. The way I like to say it in my prayer time, I say, Lord, I consecrate my heart to you. That means I give it over to you. I set it aside. So, Lord, we consecrate our hearts to you. We consecrate our minds to you. We consecrate our physical body to you. We consecrate our spirit to you. And we thank you for your love and for your selfless act of sacrifice. And we receive and we remember you and we say thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can take the elements. We have a couple guys that are going to come by and they're going to have a trash receptacle. So just hang on to that for a minute. They'll make their way through here and they'll get that to you in just a moment. We're going to dismiss our kids to their Bridge Kids classes. We like to do that with a prayer and a blessing. So if you're going to be going to class, little ones, I want you to stand to your feet right where you are and give us a moment. We're going to pray for you. So, Father, we pray for the next generation. We are so thankful for the destiny that is on their lives. And Father, we in no way want to derail their destiny. We want to elevate their destiny and believe the best for them, that they will reach exactly what you've called and destined them to reach. So we bless them. We encourage them. Thank you for Lori and the team and all that are involved in leading this next generation. Bless them in their time together today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we clap for them as they go to their class? We also want to continue our spirit of worship and end the spirit of worship in generosity and giving. And I want to spend a little more time on our screen back there. You can see our ways to give. That's all up there. And just so you know, we don't pass a plate anymore. COVID, you know, put a, we've shifted gears with that. And so you'll notice the black boxes 
And so if you came prepared to give an offering or your tithe today, you can do that in any of those boxes around the building. And you can do it while we're, we're going to worship in just a minute. And so while that song's going, you'll notice people moving over towards those boxes. So feel free to do that if you came prepared to give. I want to say thank you for those of you that continue to be faithful in your giving. Annette, what was our final figure on our year-end offering? 65,000. I was actually really close last week, shock and all. So she's the numbers person, I'm not. So $65,000, I want to say thank you. We shot for the sun, we hit the moon, praise God, amen. So thank you for your giving. Thank you, that goes right into our building and bringing that debt on down and what a blessing. What a way ahead of schedule, praise God. So you're doing great and thank you for that. It means the world to us. So as we give today, I want to ask the Lord to bless, but I want to show you something. I want you to see the names. We've added some names up here, and I want you to see the ministries that we're blessed to support, and I want to ask you to get your eyes on those because what I think the Lord will highlight somebody for you to pray for during our prayer in just a minute as we give and as we sow. So you can see all the names and the various people up there that we're supporting, and these are we're blessed to do this. We're blessed to be a blessing. Amen? So let's pray together, and then you'll be released uh, to give your offering, and then we're going to worship some more. Father, thank you so much for the privilege of giving, the privilege of sowing, the privilege of making a difference, Lord. And we sow into good ground, good seed into good soil, which brings forth a sure harvest. And we're thankful for it. Lord, as we give, we're, we're thankful for all these ministries that we are blessed to support and sow into. It's our blessing. It's our blessing to do so. We love you, we honor you, and we worship with our whole heart even now. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Let's stand together, let's worship, and you can give if you came prepared to give.
church said amen amen hallelujah please be seated would you we're going to go ahead and turn the lights on now for sermon note taken
So if you're anything like me, which I have a feeling you are, then your bucket or your tank may be running a little bit low right now. I know it's interesting turning the corner on a new year. For me, every year, it's always exciting. And you know what? This year was no different for me. And it wasn't just because I felt like I was dropping over the finish line, you know, of a horrible year. I don't see 2020 as a horrible year. Now, it's been difficult. It's been hard. But for me, it has also been a perspective shifter in a good way. So there's been some good things that have come out of it. And Annette's word for 2021 is perspective. So we've made some decisions about how we're going to see world events and take them from a different vantage point and a different perspective, so to speak. And it's helping us navigate this a lot better. But just like anybody else, I'm still tired. So actually, we're told that COVID fatigue is a real thing. It's a cultural fatigue that's happening right now. So whether you've had it or you know someone who has or you've lost somebody precious, whatever, the whole culture right now is feeling the weight of this. I don't know about you, but I thought when this first started, it was going to be a couple of weeks. Am I the only person in the room who thought that? I thought a couple of weeks, we'll stay home, get some time with the family. This will actually be nice. Little break, you know, from the action. And then two weeks turned into three, and now here we are coming up on a year, and uh, the craziness continues. And here's the thing, though. Throughout the year, we had all these little moments of hope. Oh, the curve is flattening, so we start to feel better. And then all of a sudden, no, it's spiking, and then we feel terrible. And I'm telling you, if you watch the news on an ongoing basis, I'm sorry for you, but if you do, I mean, you're going to be on a roller coaster ride from now on. I have actually taken a couple of three-plus weeks, and I'm basically fasting news. And I got to tell you, I got a lot more peace in my soul right now. Now, I'm not being ignorant. I'm watching the headlines and watching, and, and I'm in contact with a lot of people. It's not like I'm living with my head stuck in the sand. It's just I'm not living on a steady diet of news and information, which may or may not be accurate. And I got to tell you, that has brought some, I've gotten my heart back, so to speak. Now, I want to encourage you and ask you, well, I'll just do it this way. I'll ask a question. How do you fill your bucket? How do you fill your tank? Now, if we're talking in natural terms and, uh, you know, we, we play sports, we have hobbies and pastimes and things that we enjoy doing, and that fills our bucket. For Annette and I, she likes to decorate, redecorate, undecorate, then decorate, then move. I mean, we've moved in our home about 12 times in two years, so... That's probably accurate, would you say? Yeah, pretty much. So, including yesterday. So, I mean, we, we're like, we're, we're nonstop, but we actually enjoy it. We enjoy it because that's our home, and we want our home to, to bring us joy. So, so, we do that. So, everybody has pastimes and hobbies and whatnot that fill your bucket. But what do you do spiritually to fill your bucket? What do you do spiritually? Or let me put it this way. What in your past, as you have been on a journey with Jesus and a journey in God, a journey with your history in God, what is it that fills your tank? What is it that you look back on and you remember, wow, that was a moment with God that made a difference? I want you to revisit that today. I'm taking time during this season, for whatever reason, wintertime is a good time to kind of go inward sometimes and evaluate things 
And what I've been doing is I have, I call it redigging the old wells. I've been going back and redigging some wells in my spiritual heritage. Now, you have to understand, my background was Southern Baptist. And I, I became a Southern Baptist because the guy who led me to Jesus was a Southern Baptist. I got baptized in a Southern Baptist church, and then I was officially a Southern Baptist. That meant I had a letter in a Southern Baptist church. So it was for real. It was on. And then I went to a Southern Baptist university, Howard Payne University. We have some guests from Brownwood today. And then I went to Southwestern Seminary. So, I mean, I, you couldn't get any more Southern Baptist than that. And so that was a huge, massive piece of my heritage. That's a beautiful thing. And all along the way and all along the journey, I've had these moments where my bucket got filled and I was elevated to another point. I want you to think about your journey. Think about your faith journey. Now, redigging wells, I kind of get that and, and uh, I sort of take that from where I grew up because because digging wells was a big deal where I grew up. Pump jacks were everywhere. And the smell that people smelled when they drove through West Texas and said, what is that nasty smell? We all said in West Texas, that's the smell of money. Right? Unless you were driving by the stockyards. But then again, that is too the smell of money. It's just a worse smell. But so growing up, pump jacks were all, I mean, that's just the landscape was covered in those. And then it wasn't in different seasons. And what happened was, with the technology that they had at the time, they were only able to go down so far, and the technology and tools and equipment that had been developed could only extract so much liquid gold, oil, out of the ground. And a lot of those wells went dormant and were covered over, they cemented over and capped off because they weren't producing like they did originally. They move on, try to poke more holes, try to do more... And there for different seasons, it was very quiet out on the plains. But then somebody figured out fracking. You know what they did when fracking happened? They went, where are those old wells? They began to uncap old wells that had sat dormant for years, some even decades. And they began to, to do the practice of fracking. They were able to extract out of those old wells more oil than they could ever dream. So in a very real sense, I'm asking you to go back and do some fracking spiritually because there is gold in some of those old wells that have been covered over. For me, it comes in different ways. I want to just give you a couple of thoughts on this. First of all, for me, um, the 80s were an amazing decade for me, sans clothes and hair. I mean, but, the, but other than that, the 80s were a formative time for me spiritually. First of all, it's when I went to I surrendered to the ministry, went to Howard Payne University, and, and this new wave of music came out called Contemporary Christian Music. And worship songs like, We Bring the Sacrifice of Praise. Remember that one? Yeah, you're laughing right now, but back then we were like, This is amazing. Wow, this new music, this newfangled music. This is amazing. All these old songs. I have been doing some things lately where I've gone back and been redigging the wells and starting to frack out of those old ones. Here's the beauty of streaming services today. You can go back and find all that music. So what was it that helped you fill your tank, recharge your battery, fill your bucket? Maybe it was a youth retreat where God showed up 
in a new and fresh way, and it changed your life. It changed the trajectory of your life spiritually. Maybe it was a church that you fell in love with, and you were a part of it, and you were in, you were all in, and you were growing, and it was a season of rapid growth and exponential growth for you. I want you to think back with me. Use your sanctified imagination. Let's go back. Where was your bucket filled? For me, one place was right after I became a follower of Jesus. I was working for my dad one summer. He was a firefighter, but he also had a fence company. And so I was his welder. I built gates out of galvanized pipe and chain link fence all day long, five days a week while I was in school. And, so, and I was the only one there because the other guys were out installing fence and doing all that. I was, that was my job, was to build gates, which meant... I had eight hours of basically uninterrupted time. So there was a Christian radio station in Lubbock that I found out about called KJAK, Keeping Jesus as King. And so it's cute. But I, so I, I started listening to it. They had very little music, though. It was all teaching and preaching programs. And, I mean, I started listening to guys like Chuck Swindoll. Anybody remember Chuck Swindoll? What an infectious laugh, right? So understand, I'm a brand new Christian. My tank is empty, and I'm looking to be filled. And I, listen, I didn't know any different. I hadn't been in church long enough for people to come up, dream killers, I call them, to come up and tell me, don't listen to that one. Don't listen to that one. They're terrible. They're a heretic. You shouldn't listen to them. They're, all, they're weirdos off on the other side of the town. I mean, I didn't have any of that. I was a white, clean slate. I was a green board and a white board. I mean, I was clean. And so I listened to, to Chuck Swindoll. I didn't know if he was a part of a denomination. I just knew he was preaching Jesus, and he made me laugh while he was doing it. And then there was another guy, an older guy named J. Vernon McGee. Anybody remember J. Vernon McGee? Through the Bible. I mean, I was, like, I was learning the stories of the Bible from J. Vernon McGee every day in his little program. John MacArthur was another one. I didn't know anything about John MacArthur, and that man loved the Bible, loved the Word of God, and teach and preach the Bible, and I was learning things right and left, and it was sparking things in me that made me hungry to learn and hungry to grow. And then there was this lady I started listening to. This was a little bit later, towards the, towards the 90s, and uh, she had the most southern, country, raspy voice I'd ever heard. Her name is Joyce Meyer. And she had this five-minute show on initially, and when I got off work on my way home, her little show, that little five-minute snippet was on there, and I remember going, this lady sounds like don't get on her bad side, but my gosh, can she preach the Word? I mean, and she never used the word Bible. It was always the Word, the Word, the Word. And I'm telling you, when she spoke, it ignited fire in me. It was like putting gasoline on fire. It was already burning. And then during the day, when I was listening to all these other guys, Chuck Swindoll, John MacArthur, Jay Vernon McGee, there was this wild guy that would come on. And I didn't know who he was from Adam, but I liked the way he preached. And something about it filled my bucket. You know what his name was? Kenneth Copeland. He'd say, woo, boy, woo, dog. I'm thinking, that guy's got to be from Texas. Turns out he's from Fort Worth, right? No doubt. He is Texas all the way. But I listened to him. And listen. No one had told me he's dangerous. Be careful with that one until later when I had a, I don't know if I should say who, a person came to me and told me I should not listen to him. And I said, yeah, but I'm learning and I'm growing. And he's teaching me things that some of the others aren't saying. And my faith is growing. They're like, no, no, he's bad news. 
And you know what? For a while, I pushed back because I thought, well, I, I, you're a much more mature Christian than I am. I was a young Christian. So I stepped back and didn't listen to what was bringing me life in that moment until later. Let me tell you the joy of being free in Jesus. Let me tell you the joy. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Let me tell you the joy of it. It means you can go to any church, anywhere, swim in any theological waters you want to, and you're going to extract life out of it one way or another. But if you're not free, you'll be bound to one sliver of the pie. And you'll just only appreciate that, and everybody else is off. And you're on, it's only that, and I'm telling you, that is not how God wired this guy. And it's a good thing because you, I want you to look around our church right now. There are some of you, I'm about to scare you, there are some of you that are sitting by people who speak in tongues right now. Don't get all nervous. Quit waving. There are people around you right now that prophesy. There are people around you right now that are wild-eyed cares maniacs sitting by you right now. I could point and call names, and some of you would flip. There are people sitting in here right now that are long-term Episcopalians, heritage, long-term Lutherans, Catholic. Listen, we don't ask you to chunk your heritage at the door when you come in here. We say, bring it in. We could probably learn from you. I know I can. You know who I learned th from the most besides that word of faith crowd? Blew my mind. I learned from Catholics. Why? Because there was a Catholic charismatic renewal going on back in the 80s. And the most charismatic people I knew were Catholics. They were on fire. But they also had the monastic piece that was fascinating to me. The contemplatives, the desert fathers, all of that drew me in. And all through my heritage as a follower of Jesus, instead of being relegated to one sliver of a pie, my goodness, there comes a time to be a glutton in life. And it's not over a cheesecake. It is over the theological pie, the banquet that's out there that you can enjoy, fellowship, love, and be together with other people. So a number of years later, Annette and I were out in Southern California. We had the blessing of experiencing an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Oh, boy. See, I, as a Southern Baptist, I was real good with two-thirds of the Trinity, but I wasn't so sure about the Holy Spirit. I'm not making fun. I mean, it's just real. I just didn't know. And because uh, that, that wasn't a highlight anywhere I was. And so when we moved out to California, we were in a Southern Baptist church that experienced an outpouring. In fact, it was the director of the General Baptist, or the, the General Baptist, California Baptist Convention. It was his son who was the pastor of that church. And there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and a bona fide, true blue Southern Baptist. And God showed up and changed the landscape for that church and for us because we came there. And we experienced things that we never dreamed we would experience. And we saw things. And we experienced God moving. You know what we learned? That the same God who did miracles still does miracles. We also learned the same God who healed still heals. Do y'all want to hear a current healing testimony right now? Of somebody in our church who I was on the phone with yesterday with gooseys all over my arms. Judith Ross. We've been praying for Judith. Amen. We've been praying. We've been declaring. She was diagnosed just a few months ago, not very long ago, with stage 4 lymphoma. Advanced. And her doctor himself said, you will never go in remission. This kind of cancer will never go into remission. 
She calls me yesterday, and as of this last week, when her tests came back, she is completely clear of bone cancer and full-on lymphoma. Completely clear. <laughs> Glory to God. You're not going to tell Judith, an old traditional follower, of an old mainline denominational, you're not going to tell her God doesn't move, God doesn't heal, God doesn't show up. She's experiencing the move of God. I sat down with her a few weeks ago. When we first got the diagnosis, I went over to her in Leonard's house, sat down at her table, we held hands, and I said, Judith, what do you want? And she said, I'm not done. She's an author, by the way, an actually celebrated author. She's brilliant. And she said, I still have more books in me. I said, then we're going to pray like it depends on us, and we're going to trust like it depends on God. And that is exactly what we did. And then you go hands off and say, God, we prayed like it depends on us. Now we trust you to do what you say you will do. It's so funny how people go, well, what if he doesn't? Well, what if he does? What if he didn't? Well, he did. Now, there's one other element she had, a stomach issue. So that's, we're waiting on tests on that too. And I, when I was talking to her on the phone, I said, well, I figure God will finish what he started so I think you're, you're in a good place. So we had a great, wonderful visit on the phone. We'll find out this week more about that. But isn't God good, family? Isn't God good? We learned that. We learned about that. And in so doing, we learned so much. Annette was listening to a TV preacher one time. And I've never been a huge fan of TV preachers. But she was listening to one. And I could hear it from the other room. And whoever it was, he was going to town. I mean, like, tearing it up. I was like, boy, I was preaching. And, uh, but I was in the other room, and, and me not wanting to really go listen to that, I stayed in the other room. So finally, one day, she says, you ought to come in here, because we do everything together. We're just that way. So she says, you ought to come in here and watch this. I said, oh, I'm good, thanks, you know. But here's what I noticed. Over a little bit of time, as she continued to listen to that person and others that were in that same vein, theological vein, her, she began to change in front of my eyes. Her faith, she became, I use this, I've said it in here, she became bigger on the inside with faith. She became bigger on the inside than she was on the outside. Something be, just began to come out of her, and it was faith. It was belief. It was trust. It was no fear. It was intense. And guess what? Me, the husband, leader of the family, I was eating her spiritual dust as she was running on ahead of me. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not, now I'm not one to be left behind. So I'm like, you're not leaving me behind. So I went in and started watching too. And at first I didn't like it. I'm not going to lie. I said, oh, there's all about money and prosperity. Oh, there's all, I don't, uh, you know, they're in, you know, too, that sounds prideful. I mean, it was so different than what I had been around. Except when I found out that they're all part of the guy that was my favorite guy back in the old days, Kenneth Copeland. And I'm like, what? You mean they're all the same? I didn't know. I'd been, this was years later. Because I remembered that when I heard that man preach, it resonated in me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what does this mean? Well, all it meant was we get to swim in another pool for a while. And you know what we did? We enjoyed the water. It was fine. And let me tell you some things that I learned out of that. And this is something I'm employing into my life right now. And I want you to look up at the screen because we're going to do it together. What I learned from that group from that word of faith movement was the power of our words spoken and declared. Oh, when I grabbed hold of that, it began to shake things up for me. 
and I learned the value of words. I already knew the value of words because if somebody walks into a room and they're being negative and critical, what happens? The whole atmosphere changes. Can I get an amen? It just takes everything down, right? Somebody shows up, you're having, a, you're having a good day, and somebody comes up and blasts you with a negative, critical, judgmental word. What happens? Your spirit tanks, doesn't it? But what happens when somebody walks in a room and they're full of life, full of grace, full of joy, they're positive? What happens? The atmosphere elevates, does it not? Yeah, so we already know, practically speaking, the power of words. But what I learned from that group was the power of God's word on our tongue declaring the truths of God, the declarations. And I'm telling you, it was a game changer for her life first, mine a little after that, and it's been on ever since. Now, here's the deal. That became a well that eventually got capped off, and we went on with our life. We grew, and we thanked God for our heritage. But lately, the Lord has had me revisiting. I've uncapped some wells. I'm redigging some wells. I'm fracking some liquid gold out of those old wells. So I want to encourage you with this. I want you to look on the screen. We're going to say this and declare it together. In fact, it's a simple prayer that I wrote this morning and put it on my Facebook post on social media, and, it's, and I'm doing more of this. So I want you to join me in this. Ready? Read. Father, thank you for keeping me securely in your capable hands. Today, I choose faith over fear and hope over despair. I am your sheep. And I listen for your voice in this very moment as you lead me and guide me through and over everything that comes my way this day. In Christ, I am an overcomer and victor. And according to your word, I reign in this life. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. 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 Now, doesn't that just lift you up? What is that? It's a prayer based on the Word of God, spoken out loud. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word, the message of Christ, the gospel, the good news. So as we speak and declare, it lifts your spirit, and you become bigger on the inside than you're on the outside. I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you to go back, and what are the old wells that have been covered for you? And redig some wells. Now, in light of that, I want to share a scripture with you. I want our worship team to make their way up. Listen to this out of the book of John, chapter 10, verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, most surely I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Jesus says, I'm the way in and I am the way out. Remember what he said in John 14, 6? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Verse 8, all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. What he's saying there, and he's alluding to false prophets that had come saying, I am the Messiah. Many had come since the early prophecies in the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. Many had showed up before Jesus showed up on the scene saying, I'm the Messiah. But the sheep did not hear them. Why didn't they hear him? Because they recognized the voice of the shepherd. Verse 9. Jesus says again, I am the door, the way in, the way out. Listen, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Oh, that's a beautiful throwback to Old Covenant language and theology. Does it sound a little bit like Psalm 23? Sounds a little bit like uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28. Blessed going in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, 
blessed in the field. Somebody ought to right now say, I'm blessed. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. There you go. Now you know why you're blessed, right? So you can be a blessing to others. Now listen to this in verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Wow. Is that accurate right now in our time? Do you see some things being stolen? Do you see some things being killed? Do you see some things in our culture being destroyed? Yeah, I say the enemy's at work. But look what Jesus says. He flips the script right here. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You know what that word life, it's the word zoe, and it literally means the God kind and the God quality of life. The God kind and the God quality. So it's not just you have a pulse. It's you have a purpose and there are promises over your life. This promise made to those who follow Jesus is your promise and my promise. And listen to this. The word zoe, meaning the God kind and God quality of life, look what it says. Not only are you going to have life, that kind of life, you're going to have it more abundantly. The Greek in that literally means super abundantly. In other words, it's not a little dabble, do you? It's more than enough. Super abundantly, over and above. That's the kind of life Jesus has for you. Even in the middle of a pandemic, even in the middle of weird politics stuff that's going on, no comment today, it's in the middle of everything we're experiencing, there is abundant life for you. The God kind, the God quality of life. And you know what? It's just a quarter turn to get that right. I love that idea of a quarter turn. Bob Goff talked about it in one of his books. And he talked about that in, in some of the old wineries in Italy, they had men and employees down in the very cellars of old wines that were aging for decades. And their one job, their one job was to go down through all those hundreds and even thousands of bottles once a day and give them a quarter turn. A quarter turn. You know what that quarter turn meant? It meant that that wine would age exactly as it was intended to do. And the sediments wouldn't settle in the bottom and ruin the wine. Quarter turn. Let me tell you something. To get your perspective right, your view right, it's just a quarter turn. It's not even a radical change. It's simply reorienting and realigning your mind with God's word. And how do we realign our mind with the word? We, re we realign our mouth with the word. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God, the very message of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So a reorientation happens as we speak, declare, believe His Word. Look, I love this. That they may have it more abundantly. Jesus has for you right now in the middle of this pandemic, in the middle of this craziness, abundant life, overflowing life. It's yours and it's just a quarter turn away. So I'm going to invite you to do something. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? We're going to go out with worship today. As you do, I'm going to invite you to do a couple of things. Heads bowed, eye closed. Just humor me on this. 
And would you just ask the Holy Spirit to show you and teach you what you need to know today? What is your takeaway today? Just say, Holy Spirit, remember, he's the spirit of truth. He leads us and guides us in the truth, John tells us. So would you just ask Holy Spirit to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to take away today? What are you teaching me today? What are you showing me today? Tell him, tell him you, you, you have the heart of a disciple. You want to learn. You want to grow. I'm with you on this. Holy Spirit, what do you want to show me today? I'm listening. And let's take a moment and pause and listen. And then one more question to ask. Ask him. Say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do about what I've learned today, what I've heard today? may not have been the message per se. It could have been the worship. It could have been a line in a song we sang. But what is it that he wants you to do that's in addition to or different than what you've been doing as a result of being here today? Holy Spirit, what would you have me do with what I'm learning and what you're showing me? Father, thank you. Our declaration today is that we will never be the same. We will never be the same because we're growing, we're learning, we're expanding, we're increasing. We will never be the same. We love you, we adore you, we thank you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. You may be here saying, that's great, but I've never actually taken a step over the line to go all in with Jesus. Maybe that's you today. Maybe this is your moment, your time. Gospel's pretty simple. It's called the good news because it's good news. It's not bad news or so-so. It's good news. It's pretty simple. That God became man in Jesus. He lived the life we should have lived. Then he died the death we should have died, and he did that in our place. After he died, three days later, he rose from the grave, proving he's the Son of God. And he goes on to say that if anyone will believe in him, they will not perish, but they will have everlasting life. If you're here this morning and you're ready to take that step to believe on him, I want to invite you to do so. David, would you come up to the front, please? Don, where's Don? Is Don handy? He's not handy. Jason. These two men are going to be up here. Pastor Jason, excuse me. These two men are going to be up here. And if you want to take a step over the line to go all in with Jesus, all you have to do is come up and just say, I'm ready. They'll know what to do. They'll just walk in and pray with you. And they'll introduce you to Jesus. And they'll just be right here just until we're done. Let's finish with prayer and then we're going to worship. Father, in Jesus' name, we bless you and honor you. We are so thankful. You're so good. Father, give us the grace, even this week, to start redigging some old wells because there is still life in those wells. 
And may we, in the process of finding new life in those old wells, find new life in new wells that you have for us. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen. Let's worship together.
Amen. This is our prayer, Lord. And the church said, amen. God bless you as you go.